Good morning again, everyone. Glad to see all of you here today. And um, I just have a, just something I wanted to show you. How many of you guys have seen uh, this tree? The, these trees when you walk in? They're in the front door? Okay. So little did you know that these are real trees. And one of the jobs for the connectors is that every Sunday they have to trim the tree just a little bit just to make sure... Um, you know, it stay, keeps the right shape. They have to water it and they have to fertilize it because if not, this tre- like these trees would have been like this big by now. So thanks to their, all their hard work, uh, they've been trimming them and, and being very detail-oriented and, and keeping them up so these bonsai trees are in good shape. But uh, w- whenever I think of bonsai trees, you know what that reminds me of? Can anyone guess? The Karate Kid. The karate kid. Yeah, I think we have... Uh, you think yeah, we, I, we have a picture up there. So whenever I think of a bonsai tree, it reminds me of uh, Mr. Miyagi, right? And for those of you who are too young or who've never seen the movie be- before, uh, just to give you a recap, the Karate Kid movie, uh, basically what happens is this kid from the East Coast moves to California, gets into high school, and then no one likes him. He gets beaten up every single day, and people make fun of him. And then all of a sudden he meets uh, this karate sensei teacher uh, named Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi teaches him about karate and how to defend himself and how to um, you know, uh, do all these moves like the crane and like wax on and wax off and do all these, these crazy things. But the thing that, that Mr. Miyagi teaches him, the most important thing that he teaches him is that strength actually comes through humility. That strength comes through humility. And, um, and, and what that means is when strength comes through humility, that means it, that, that is gentle, something that's gentle. So the bonsai tree is actually a representation of that, that he, he teaches Daniel-san that like when he trims, he has, to be, he has to be gentle, he has to be careful, he has to take care of it. And, and that's where true strength comes from. So this morning, as you know, we're, we're going to continue talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Not the fruits of the loom, but the fruits of the Spirit. And today we're talking about gentleness. Gentleness. All right? Now, the Greek word for gentleness in the Bible is protes. And what that means is power and strength that, that comes through, cre- through submitting and surrendering to God's will. The power and strength that comes from submitting and surrendering to God's will. Or in a simplistic sense, it means strength through humility. Strength through humility. Now, um, I'm gentle with some things. You know, if you see me, you might think, oh, Jeremy, he's a gentle guy. But I'm not gentle with all things, all right? I'm gentle with some things, but Jody can tell you that. Not, Not with all things. And uh, when it comes to landscaping, you do not want to see me out there. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to landscaping, I just want to get the job done. You know, I don't care how it looks or, or what happens. I just want to get this job done. So I'll, I'll come out there. I'll take the, the hedge trimmer or the machete or whatever, whatever it is and start tearing things. And, and as most of you guys know, when you guys use a hedge trimmer, you're only supposed to trim, like, you know, the things that are sticking out. But I try to be the, the artistic landscaper, and I try to, I go like five inches deep, and, and I trim it. 
And this is when I was a kid, right? And I would trim it. I would hope that, like, if I trimmed it once, five inches deep, like, I wouldn't have to trim it for the rest of the summer. But when you do that, what, what you actually do is you cut off all the leaves, and there's no, the, the leaves are only a few inches, like, like, on the surface, and then there are twigs and branches down there. So you don't want, me to, you don't want to see me do landscaping because I, I leave things in a mess, right? I just want to get things done, and I'm sure most of you can, uh, some of you can relate to that. Thank God I don't have landscaping now. I live in an apartment, so it's good. <laughs> but um, we're going to look at this morning, we're going to look at a, uh, a man in the Bible through his story, a man who started out not being gentle, started out not having humility, but over the course of time, he learned to find his strength through Christ. And that man is Peter, Peter the disciple. So we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to read that for us. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked. Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? Again, and again they replied, Jesus, the Nazarene. I told you, I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Okay? Then in verse 10, all of a sudden we have this really bizarre thing that happens in verse 10, right? Then Simon Peter drew his sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So just to give you a little bit of background, what's happening here is that Jesus is in the process of being betrayed by Judas, and uh, he's about to be arrested. And then all of a sudden, Peter comes up with a sword, right? Now, Peter is thinking that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to become king, to take over, to overthrow Rome, the Roman Empire. And, and, And he comes here because he wants to defend his king. Right? He pulls out his sword. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, this disciple of Jesus almost killed this guy. I mean, he was a fisherman, right? So I don't know how skilled he was in the sword, but if he slashed off someone's ear, he was probably like a millimeter away from his head, right? He could have easily killed this guy. Now, this was the same dude that was going out and healing people in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's, he's taking the sword and taking things into his own hands. And when Peter took things into his own hands, what happened was it ended in a trail of destruction. It went against everything that Jesus had taught them. 
Instead of acting out of gentleness, he acted out of violence. He did not show humility. And it was a complete opposite of gentleness. So let's see what happened. We're going to see what, what happened later on in the story. And we're going to switch now to Luke chapter 22, verse 54 to 62. Luke chapter 22, verse 54 to 62. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was the one, one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. He actually said woman. Can you, can you believe that? He called, him, called her woman. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even knew me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping. And Peter left the courtyard weeping. So Jesus had predicted that Peter would deny him three times. And that's what happened. And just a few hours earlier in that evening, this same Peter was ready to use his sword to defend Jesus, to de defend his king. But now that Jesus was arrested and taken away and wasn't there with him, when Peter was put to test, he cowered in fear. We all know that Peter was supposed to be the rock of the church. He was supposed to have the keys to the kingdom. He was supposed to go out to spread the gospel of Jesus. But this, in fact, was probably the worst moment of his life. It said he wept bitterly. He probably felt worthless being the head disciple, having denied Jesus, betraying that he even knew him. And by taking things into his own hand, he made a mess of himself and the situation. You see, we think that gentleness or humility is a weakness. We think it's a weakness. And we think that, that true strength actually comes from our over-assertiveness or, or over-aggressiveness. But what happens is when, if when, we are, when we are overly aggressive, when we are overly assertive, and we take things into our own hands, what ends up happening is we leave a trail of destruction around us, a mess. Many of us here today may have made a mess of ourselves and a mess of our lives, acting out of our own pride acting out of our own strength, taking things into our own hands like Peter did. So how do we express an experience through strength that comes through humility? Let's fast forward 
and look at John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. John 21, verses 15 through 19. Now, now this is later in the story. This is after Jesus had died and was resurrected. Let's see what happens here. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Simon, third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me, follow me. So this takes place later on in the gospel story. Jesus died, and he was resurrected, and he appeared to his disciples in the closed room because they were afraid to go out. But all of a sudden, after all this happened, after Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected, he finds his disciples where? Where were they? They were back fishing, right? That was their day job. They went back to their day jobs. But we see that Peter was still emotionally hurt, still emotionally wounded, feeling worthless. He didn't think he was worthy of doing his job as a fisher of men. Jesus asked him three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And it says that Peter was hurt that Jesus asked even a third time. And it reminded him of the three times that he had denied Jesus before. But Jesus reinstated Peter back to his job, saying, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. See, what Peter did now was different. Peter didn't act out of his own strength. But now he was ready to sacrificially submit to his Lord, the Lordship of Jesus. When we look at verse 18, it states, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. Can any of you guys tell me the, the last time in the story of the Bible, uh, story of the Gospels earlier on where Jesus told his disciples to follow them? Yeah? It's like right in the beginning, right? Right when Jesus met him. But Jesus said, 
follow me. What Jesus was telling Peter was that, Peter, now that you're ready, now that you know me, now that you've lived with me for these three years, you saw what I was all about. You saw me die on the cross. You saw me resurrected in the flesh. Now, now, are you ready to follow me as the Lord of your life? Are you ready to surrender everything? Your pride, your ego, your will, and even all of your sword swinging to lay it down and submit to me, even if it requires you to do something that you don't want to do, even to be my witness unto death. Wow. And that is what Peter decided to do. Peter not only sacrificially submitted, but we see later on in in the story of Acts that he acted out of humility. He acted out of humility. I'm sure you all remember the story when Peter sees a crippled man who's asking for money. And he said, he didn't have, I don't have silver or gold, but in Jesus' name, stand up and walk. When he did that, a big crowd came by. And Peter didn't make it about himself. He said that through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in the name of Jesus has healed him before your very eyes. He submitted in humility because it was not about him. So Peter sacrificially submitted. He experienced selfless humility. And he also had a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. You know, back in those times, it was a common thought for the Jewish believers and for the Jewish people that that Jesus, the Messiah, was only going to come for the Jewish people. That's what they thought. That's what they expected would happen. But Peter was willing to be taught differently. We remember the story of, of Peter meeting Cornelius. Peter was on top of the roof, and he had this bizarre dream in which a cloak was coming down from heaven with all these unclean animals on it. And then all of a sudden, he was summoned by someone to go meet this guy, Cornelius, who was a Gentile follower. He was a Gentile and he was a Roman officer. And through that dream, Peter knew that God was telling him that that the Messiah and the Holy Spirit was not just for the Jewish people, but it was for everyone. It was for everyone. Peter admitted that he was wrong and he changed his perspective. It It was a paradigm shift, a 180 degree paradigm shift. And because of that, believers accepted the fact that Jesus came for the Gentiles as well. Through Peter's submission to Jesus, he found the strength to accomplish what God had in store for him the whole time. Peter, the man who swung his sword and denied even knowing Jesus, became the man that went throughout the book of Acts and preached the gospel to the ends of the earth. He preached boldly in front of the council, in front of the crowds, in the temple, in jail. He healed the crippled man. He healed the paralyzed man. He raised someone from the dead in Jesus' name. He was delivered from jail when he was locked behind bars. And he did this 
through a sacrificial submission, selfless humility, and a teachable spirit. Peter experienced a change in his spirit. How about us? Do we submit to authority? Are we humble when other people try to give us advice? Are we humble and not bring ourselves into the focus? When people wrong us, do we try to get back to them and and try to find revenge? Are we stubborn, resistant to change? Do we try to do things our own way? We can't do this alone. We need a gentle spirit to fill us. Find your strength in humility. Find your strength in humility. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. You must have the same attitude of Christ that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equally with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that was above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate example of someone who expressed gentleness. Someone who found his strength through humility. Jesus always obeyed the instruction of God. He was always humble even when he was arrested and used it as an opportunity to share about the kingdom. And Jesus found his strength not from the sword, but on his knees when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Through his death and resurrection, he defeated sin for you and I and reconciled us to a relationship with God eternity, through eternity. And his Holy Spirit now fills us with this spirit of gentleness so we can find our st- strength through him, through submission, through humility, through a teachable spirit. How many of you guys have seen uh, a knighting ceremony in England? I think we have a picture up here of uh, Queen Elizabeth knighting uh, the Captain Picard from Star Trek, right? So when you see, I'm sure you've seen, we don't have this in the United States because we're all equal. We don't have royalty and all that. But I'm sure some of you have seen something like this happen um, on TV or in the news. So when you see a picture like this, what, what, what's actually happening is that the knight that's being knighted, he's kneeling down and submitting before his king or his queen. He's submitting to his king or queen and saying that you, that I'm submitting and, and pledging my allegiance to your lordship, lordship lowercase l. And kneeling is actually an act of humility. And then the knight kneels down and says, 
you know, I, I submit myself to the lordship of your kingdom and I will give my life for it and I will defend it and, and, and all that I have I give to it. And in return I know that you're going to fill me with strength and resources and I can be part of your kingdom. Kneeling is an act of humility. But it's not just an act of humility. When a knight kneels down, he's humble. But then when he stands up again, he is filled with strength that fills his life. Maybe you're here today and you've made a mess in your life. Maybe you're here today and you've made a mess in your life trying to do things on your own. Maybe you're here today and, and you're dealing with a crisis that, that's too big for you to handle. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's health-related. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe you're here and you're trying to, to manage and juggle all the broken pieces of your life that you have. Maybe you're here today and, and you know that you have to take a step to change and people have been giving you uh, acknowledgement and, and encouraging you to go seek help or, or take care of things, but you've been stubborn. Maybe you're here today and you're just wiped out and exhausted from trying to fight all these battles on your own. And you're wounded and you're worn out. The question I have for you today is, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Are you willing to kneel down and submit whatever it is that you have? Are you willing to kneel down to submit in humility to his strength and to give up whatever sword you're holding? Maybe it's your pride, maybe it's your ego or your wealth or your personality or whatever you do to try to take things into your own hands. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Because after you're down on your knees, He fills you with His power, with His Spirit, and His strength so that He can rise up, so that you can rise up with Him. Find your strength in humility. Find your strength in humility. You can invite uh, Bill Seitzma up to, to get ready to lead communion. And uh, also maybe Scott can help him on this side. And uh, the band can come up here to start getting ready. I'm going to ask you to all bow your heads right now. As we close in prayer, I want you to picture and think of in your mind, what sword is it that you have to let go? What sword do you have that, that, that God's identified that you have to lay down? so that you could pledge allegiance to the Lordship of Jesus in every area of your life. Not just one, but everything. Because when you bow down and let it go, His Spirit, His power, His strength will fill you. As you think about that, I'm just going to read a psalm and picture in your mind letting that sword go. Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? 
My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and he watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Amen. Amen.